Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champion, nine-year pro kicking coach repping the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Well, Chris, it's November 27th, third episode of the 4th Down Experience podcast. Chris, I'm excited. Are you excited? I sure am, man. <laughs> we've, been riding, we've been riding this wave now for a few weeks, and the snowball effect is just growing, and it's, it's fun. Uh, really enjoyed doing this thing. It's just, it's different. We're meeting new people, talking to new people, and just spreading the wealth of of special teams yeah you know on the last episode we answered i think eight guys uh from instagram alone uh we responded to them and answered all their questions this episode is hot fire i mean we have an nfl current nfl kicker that we're going to interview and we're also going to talk about how high school specialists can leverage themselves on twitter later on in the podcast chris i'm excited uh but first uh let's kind of talk about our weekend and our holiday and all that so, Brian, how was your last seven days since we last talked? Well, I'll tell you this. The last two days, I've taken Corbin out on the stroller and ran around the neighborhood. I've ran three and a half miles because I ate uh, not good. Let's just say that. I ate uh, a lot of food last week, and I really enjoyed some time uh, with family here in South Alabama. And, and so uh, I just really enjoyed that time. Had had a couple trainings after that, and... Um, you know, just back to the grind. How about you? It's been busy. Uh, obviously, we had Thanksgiving. Uh, got, to, got to spend some time with family. Uh, weather's been good in Minnesota. We've been hitting the mid to upper 40s. <laughs> and uh, it, it feels like a heat wave to us, so we've had some outdoor trainings. I uh, had a good session just the other day. We had 11 kids come and really fun. And, you know, this point in the off season, we go back to the fundamentals and we just try to retweak and fine-tune everything that kids just couldn't do over the season. Uh, so that was nice. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned last time we got a dog. Um, Apple. Apple. And uh, we've had her for about two weeks now, and it's been fun. It's been an adjustment and trying to get this thing potty trained. But kind of <laughs> like you with, with Corbin, we go out for a walk every morning. Um, Still trying to get him out. potty trained. Yeah. <laughs> so we bring Apple out to the bus stop so i bring the kids to the bus stop watch them get on the bus then we do a few loops around the neighborhood and and now she's starting to run so i've had to start jogging a little bit so i've i've gone about 100 yards 200 yards on jogging until i gotta slow up a little bit so gotta, I get, just that, gotta get back in shape gotta get that cardiovascular exercise in you know yep exactly so guys we'll take i'll take dog advice if you want to <laughs> comment or dm us on instagram or twitter just i need dog advice guys guys chris looks stressed right now i can see him on the screen here on the pod and he is stressed about his dog apple pissing all over his basement help him out tweet special teams fb help this guy out let's get into our podcast our first segment as you guys know um we have over 220 listeners now which is amazing in three weeks time frame that we have that many subscribers but uh, we are going to get into our top five special teams plays. That's our first segment. However, some of the plays may not be necessarily like a highlight. It could be a 
an, an important stat that we discuss or a debate. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get in this. Chris is actually going to talk about number five. Yes, sir. So our fifth uh, discussion point, highlight, video, that sort of thing, is we found a story about a long snapper, uh, A.J. Hantek from Eastern Illinois, uh, about to be snapping in his 50th collegiate game, which wow. is pretty amazing. That basically includes, you know, your 12-week schedule and mm-hmm. then probably some postseason play right there, so that's pretty amazing. What division, you know, is, uh, what division is Eastern Illinois? Uh, I believe it's 1AA. It's the FCS program. Nice. Yep, yep, exactly. And another <coughs> kind of point in the story we found is him and his punter have been playing football together for the last 12 years. Yep. And so uh, I think since middle school. So that's pretty sweet. You know, I'd love that opportunity to be able to uh, play with a friend for so many years. I, I, yeah, I didn't get a chance to do that in college, but I think that would be fun to do for sure. Dude, this snapper is... Six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds. It's a that's, big boy, man. That's a prototypical snapper, there, man. He's he looks pretty fit too. Yep, yep, exactly. Cool. Well, that hey, congrats to you, um, AJ. Uh, that's awesome. Fifty year, uh, fifty games. That's awesome. Yeah, I played FBS at Ball State, and I played all forty six games. So just doing the numbers for an FCS program, uh, you're killing it. Uh, congrats to you, and best of luck to you if you um, decide to go after the pro. A free agent market after this cool all right so we'll go on to number four number four this made headlines uh it's pretty cool seeing kicking stuff go viral literally every weekend and this was the chargers backup kicker which is basically the chargers punter um, nick novak suffered a back injury some debated that it was a potential groin injury just fy those sometimes those two can be connected um depending on what's going on but um, Drew Kaiser, I think that's pronounced correctly. Is it Kaiser? I believe so. Um, he had to um, relieve uh, Novak, <laughs> and he was warming up on the kicking net, and it's pretty cool seeing um, the cameraman just zooming in on warm-up kicks on the net, even though it wasn't like it was a game winner or anything. Uh, they just wanted to say, hey, the punter's having to warm up. And he completely whiffs the net and kicks the ball into the stands, Chris. Yeah, obviously not necessarily a pretty moment for Drew, but um, I think most kickers have done something like this at least once in their life. I've witnessed it twice. I've witnessed high school kickers doing it twice, like on the field as their kicking coach, and it is awesome slash embarrassing at the same time. Yeah, um, I think I've done it once. (laughs) Uh, You know, the the stressful part for kickers and punters using a kicking net is trying to find that proper depth (coughs) away from the net because as a punter, you don't want to swing up your leg and have your cleat catch the net. <laughs> and so kickers, it's often very stressful as well. We, so, we uh, literally could do a, a funny skit on our Instagram about the kicking net. Maybe even throw a little OBJ in there and throw some, some love to the kicking net. You know. Yeah. But Drew Kaiser completely whiffed. His form looked pretty dang nice for a punter that's trying to kick. I mean, he's got really good extension. Just completely shanked it and hit it. Uh, a little wide right, which is what he did in the games. He missed. But, you know, I mean, that, that's just a tough subject. You know, his job is to punt, and he did the best he could to try to make those extra points. Uh, on that subject, who do you think um, Who do you think that the team, the Chargers, are going to bring in to kick now? I don't know. You know, there's a lot of good free agents out there. I mean, there's always a surplus. You know, uh, who's, in, you know who's in California right now, right? Uh, Jason Myers. 
Yeah, he'd be a great guy to bring in. That guy is a good leg, got a big leg, and so that would be great to see him yeah. uh, get involved. Um, or any team, he deserves it. We should check the transactions wire in the next couple of days. I feel for Nick Novak, though. He's a great guy, man, and uh, he's, he did really well last year for the Texans, and uh, I just I hope he uh, heals quickly, and I hope um, he gets back on our roster soon. All right, let's move to number three. I think, uh, Chris, you got this one. Yeah, so the nice thing here, what's fun about this point in the, in the NFL season is obviously watching the polls for the Pro Bowl, you know, and who's going to make the All-Star game and that sort of thing. And so I uh, found an article talking about the specialists that are leading in the, poll, in the Pro Bowl votings. And uh, so just wanted to highlight that. So on the AFC side, uh, kicker Steven Guskowski, Guskowski, say it wrong here. Yeah. Um, Leading the polls for AFC kickers? I don't think he's leading. I think Greg Zerlin is leading. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So Steven is leading for the AFC, and then Greg Zerlin is leading for the NFC with oh. 7,000 votes. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, which is great. And on the punting side, everybody's favorite, Marquette King, uh, with the Oakland Raiders on the AFC side with 52,000 votes. And then Johnny Hecker, a uh, very talented punter with the Los Angeles Rams at 30,000. So... Uh, just got to give a little love to those specialists here, but at the moment, those guys are leading all the categories, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the next few weeks. That's pretty sweet that 57,000 people voted for a kicker, you know? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and even 52,000 voted for a punter. But mm -hmm. I'm not surprised about that. But those names. Those are fantastic specialists, and, and man, talk about getting that award. That would be awesome. Yep. All right, so transferring to number two. Uh, yep. Sam Cook. I think this is two weeks in a row that he's made our top five, and we're a little NFL heavy lately. But um, these are just interesting topics. This is a this is a fake punt. Uh, what I love here that Sam Cook does for the Ravens is he catches the ball. He's pretending to punt. He takes his jab, takes a little step out to the right, and then he does a toss back throw about 25 yards. It's actually a 22 yard gain to the left, right to Chris Moore for 22 yard gain and a first down. What a throw. Yeah. This is amazing. I mean, this is a punter's dream. Everybody wants to throw a fake. And uh, <coughs> amazing if you check out the video. And we will post the link on our Twitter account, uh, Special Teams. I'm sorry, Fourth Down Experience. And uh, you'll be able to check it out yourself. But I did it once in a semi-professional game, semi-pro game. And uh, the problem is, is we didn't tell the line that we were going to pull this off. And they all went downfield. So we got an illegal man downfield. But... Uh, Threw it for about a 12-yard um, completion, which what, got called back. What's so. what's what's kind of ballsy about this is they're on the 43-yard line, about to pooch punt it inside the 10-yard line. They're like in the other team's territory. Now, that's a pretty dang good gamble that they're just throwing this thing in their territory. And they ended up going down and scoring uh, the next play on a 10-yard run, and they end up tying the game 7-7. That that's huge. And Sam Cook really showed some athleticism here. Uh, on and this I, fake punt throw. And I'd be willing to bet from a strategy standpoint, the Ravens noticed that the Houston Texans were bringing a rush on every single uh, punt block, and so they decided to just pull it. You know, I mean, nobody's backing up to try to set up for a return, so it was a good gamble, and it paid off. Yep. Cool. This leads into number one. Uh, Chris, I think you get the lead in on this one. So... <coughs> Everlasting, long-debated topic of icing the kicker. So, if you guys watched the Monday night or 
uh, Sunday night football game, uh, the Steelers versus the Packers. Uh, Boswell, Chris Boswell of the Steelers got iced. And, of course, then ends up making the field goal. And we'll talk about this here in a second here about um, Heinz Field and things like that. But the topic of icing the kicker. Good, bad, indifferent, does it make a difference? Brian, what are your thoughts? Well, this is such a really good debate. It's such a topic that uh, a lot of kickers, coaches, specialists love to talk about. And uh, I've been in, the, in this experience uh, in the college level at Ball State, as well as playing arena ball. It's a little different in arena ball because you have to kick it between nine-foot posts and just the rush is different, snapper holder is different. I'm not trying to make an excuse. It's just different. But I prefer getting the timeout because you have a little more time to relax. You kind of get a chip on your shoulder uh, because then now it's almost like mentally you think that the crowd or the other coach is in your head. So if you're mentally tough, if you have confidence, I feel like it almost gives you a couple things. One, it gives you some time to relax, get another dry swing or two in there. Two, it kind of gives, gives you a little bit of a chip on your shoulder with confidence uh, to make you almost feel like, all right, that's cool. That's how they want to think. I'm good. I'm relaxed. I'm going to get another little swing here, have a nice little talk with my holder, maybe the head coach, say something to him. I'm going to go and knock this thing through. So I actually prefer the timeout. In hindsight, like, well, not even in hindsight, if they don't call the timeout, me personally, I'm, like, in the moment, Chris. So, like, like when I'm when I'm going to kick, I'm not sitting there thinking, This is maybe this is just me. I don't know other kickers, but when I was playing arena league, you know, arena ball for um, nine years, and I got this done to me, shoot, four or five times. I'm not sitting there thinking, I wonder when the coach is going to ice me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking about, I'm going to make this kick. I need to make this kick. And then when yeah. the ice comes, then it's like, oh, all right, now I'm going to go through my routine. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I like it. You know, it's been obviously a heated debate over the last 10 years. Um, when I played high school football, that was kind of the last time I really kicked. And I got iced in the first round of the playoff game. And and then I ended up making the kick. And nice. advanced our team to the second round. So I went through it. You know, but, yeah, most kickers, if they're well-trained, they're in their zone. And it um, doesn't phase them. And now most coaches tell the kicker, you know, if they call timeout, just complete the snap and the kick and you get that practice rep. So, Although I thought I heard once they tried to make that a penalty to do that, so I, I guess I don't quite remember the ruling on that, but I know it doesn't hurt to just try to get that extra rep in yes. um, I was all the time. Just spinning off on what you just said, kickers out there, punters that are holding, or holders that may be holding, uh, that are listening, snappers that are listening, tell your kicker to go ahead and kick that thing. So if the ball snap, hold holder if you're putting the ball down, and there's the the timeout call, there's the ice. Go ahead and kick that thing. Just get your foot on the ball. See if the wind does anything. Just like Chris said, just go ahead and get that rep in. That always seems to help as well. Yep. Yeah, cool. so I think now since it's been that, that heated discussion for a while, it, it doesn't hurt. You know, and, and the thing about from a coach's perspective, then they have this mindset if you're the on the opposing side of that kick, you know, what do they have to lose? You know, they don't want that what if I didn't ice him type of thing and he happens to still make it. What if I would have iced him and he would have missed it? So coaches almost have to do it nowadays just to take that chance and ice in that guy, even though it's for the kicker's benefit 99 times out of 100, it seems like. Yeah, so, you know, Boswell um, gets iced. 
and then he crushes this 53-yard field goal to win it uh, for the Steelers over the Packers. I mean, Sunday night football, huge stage, big kick, at a hard field to kick at. So, Brian, I was just remembering here, as we were uh, discussing this and prepping for this, didn't you tell me you kicked once at Heinz Field in college? Hey, dude. Ah, nice, man. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so when I was 18 years old, <laughs> um, going on 19, I got to kick um, on that field for Ball State as a true freshman. And uh, it, uh, we were playing Pittsburgh, the college team Pittsburgh, and they played there at Heinz Field. And I still remember those days when, when folks would say, it's really hard to hit a 50-yard field goal in this field. Uh, they're... The like longest record I think was like a 51 or 52 yarder at the time. I want to say um, this kick that Boswell hit is the fourth longest field goal in franchise history, and it's tied for the longest field goal ever kicked at that field. So think about it. There's guys that have made 58 yarders, 60 yarders, 63 yarders at different venues. The longest kick at Heinz Field is only 53 yards. And that's incredible. That's crazy. And it's weird saying only. But that's what we're in this day and age. 53 yards is like 35 yarders these days. I mean, now yep. it's like at the NFL level, you're expected to be able to make a 60-yard field goal, unfortunately. But, I mean, that's, it is what it is. Guys are advancing. Guys are getting better. So, But I will be honest with you guys. My experience at Heinz Field, it looks far away. When you're kicking from like a 47-48 yard field goal to the goalpost, it looks a far ways away. So... There's also the wind factor, the weather there. It's a big stadium. It's wide open. Uh, just from my personal experience, the one time I got to kick there, it, for some reason, the, the mental side of it can mess with you. Now, there's kickers that have ice in their veins, and the, the visuals don't mess with them, potentially, and, and they can just knock them through. And, and, you know, it's not like Boswell crushed it, but it's not like he barely made it. He still had, like, four or five yards in that thing. So, yeah. But that was a big kick, and that was our number one play. Uh, for our top five special teams plays in our first segment. Yep. Well, great. So we are excited here to lead you into our next interview. Uh, we have current NFL kicker Will Lutz with the New Orleans Saints. We're about to give him a call here to uh, interview him. And, and what we want to do is we want to dig deep into what it's like for him to be a kicker. He's been in the league for about two years now. Uh, Went the route of playing college football at Georgia State, so not necessarily the biggest school out there, but um, that's another discussion point really is, is does it matter you know, at the size of the college that you go to if you've got the league? But we're going to ask him some questions about what it took to uh, play at the NFL level, what it was like to get there, what it was like in college, and we're really going to pick his brain. So, uh, Brian, why don't you uh, give him a call right now? Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm really excited about this interview. Uh, I've known Lutz for a little over four years. Uh, he actually, we, I think we contacted through social media um, during his college days, and um, we did a training session together in Tuscaloosa, and we hit it off. And, you know, he had been with a couple coaches, um, but, you know, it was kind of more of like, uh, I'm nine years older than him, so it almost felt like more of like an older brother relationship, um, but slash coach. So it, it was a really good relationship, still is a good relationship. And it's been nice to be a part of his development. I'm not going to credit the, him being in the NFL is because of me. That's not true. His hard work ethic, um, his will, his his way to just execute doing 
kicking and punting his senior year at Georgia State, and then him just crushing his pro day. That was all him, man. Uh, so uh, we, we really are excited about this interview. It's our first current NFL specialist on the 4th Down Experience podcast, and uh, he took the time um, out of his week to spend, hopefully we'll, you know, hopefully he'll spend about 20 minutes with us here. Um, so yeah, you want me to go in and ring him up? Yep, give him a call here. Let's you there? Yeah, what's up? Hey. What's up, Will? How you doing? Good, how are y'all? Good, man, good. Well, man. You are on the 4th Down Experience right now. Awesome. <laughs> so thank you very much. We're excited to have you on, man. Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah, Will Lutz, uh, most of y'all know who he is. He uh, played at Georgia State. Uh, let's see, you were uh, part of the Sun Belt Academic Honor Roll in 2012, 2013, and 2014. Did you know that? Uh, I think I did. <laughs> uh, I, knew, I knew I was up there a couple times, and I don't remember when it was. You even made the Athletic Director's Honor Roll in 12, 13, 14, and 15. <laughs> yeah, well, when, you're, when your uh, parents are educators, you have no choice. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense, man. Let's had a decorated uh, career at Georgia State in the Fun Belt, or you know Sun Belt Conference, and uh, and Let's are you in your um, second year with the Saints now? Yeah, second season. Yep. Awesome. Well, Chris, go go ahead and start. I know you got some questions for him. Yeah. Well, so uh, we figured we'd start uh, talking about current situation, and then kind of work our way backwards. So. Okay. You know, how, how's, how's everything going so far in your second year? What have you learned from that first year going into your second year of, of just being an NFL kicker? What's it like? Uh, I think just, you know, your biggest learning curve is experience. So, you know, just experiencing all the ups and downs of that first year and and uh, how quickly I kind of got thrown into the fire. You know, I'm grateful for it. You know, it was a little unexpected. But uh, you kind of learn a lot about yourself as a person and, you know, you're kind of forced to grow up fast. So I think the most beneficial thing of this second season is, you know, knowing knowing who I'm playing for, knowing that I'm the guy, and, you know, being able to get comfortable with our operation has really helped um, take that next step. Well, I can imagine. And so your teammates with, with Thomas Morstead, have you – what are some of the things you've learned from him in terms of being a, a veteran or from him being a veteran and – Kind of really getting you comfortable with everything. Yeah, I've been very fortunate to have him. Uh, he's an absolute class act person and arguably the best punter to ever do it. Yeah. Um, you know, just to have him on the sidelines with me, you know, we, we didn't have much time to get adapted to each other when I first got here. So um, to have him on the sidelines, keep me calm, to kind of walk me through game day situations and, you know, Anything that's new for me may not be new for him, so he can kind of, uh, he can kind of, you know, walk me through it. You know, um, just you know, talking about experiences, and you know, we're having a pretty good season right now. He's been there. He's, you know, he's won a Super Bowl. So um, when you have guys in your locker room like him, it's uh, it's pretty special. Definitely, and, yeah. and you know, when uh, I think you guys had a snapper change uh, this season, didn't you? Yeah, only about seven. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what, I yeah, think, I got nothing but good things to say about Justin Dresser, too. You know, he was a seven-year veteran. Definitely. And, uh, and same thing with him. He kind of showed me the ropes as well, and now we have a, a new snapper who's a, who's a rookie. So I've kind of gotten to take over that role 
you know, it's kind of cool to, um, you know, share my experiences with him too. Definitely. Yeah. And it's nice having Morstead just being, you know, so comfortable with holding that, that transition with, with the snapper just makes the, the three man team, you know, even easier. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I watched one of your interviews uh, after practice and uh, you had mentioned the importance of a snapper and a holder. And, you know, I think um, just looking at your stats, you know, your, your rookie year, you know, the whole extra point, you know, rule change and all that. And then, you know, you, know, you made you only missed one extra point in 2016, which is pretty. Yeah, you know, touchy 20, subject. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, there were guys that missed eight, ten, you know, 33 yard extra points. So and yeah. I, know, I know I know the type of person you are. You're very, you know, you like to compete. You know, you want to be 50 for 50. But, um, you know, for your first year, having 93 kickoff attempts just sounds crazy to me in one season. But uh, your touchbacks right now, currently in the 2017 season, you're 44 touchbacks out of 67 attempts. You know, you think, are you, do you feel okay with that? Do you feel great with that? Yeah, you know, I'd, obviously I'd like them all to be touchbacks. But, um, you know, when you have a high-powered offense like we do, we have a lot of them. Like you said, 93 attempts, 93 kickoffs last year. It's pretty insane. Um, we score a lot, so I get to be on the field a lot. But mm -hmm. I'm happy with um, the amount of kickoffs we've had. It's just you know allows me to be more involved, so I like it. Speaking about being on the field, uh, this is a question that that Chris put on here. Um, there was a crazy thing that happened on the field, uh, and uh, Chris calls it the infamous photo. And you put it on your Instagram. Quick, <laughs> quick shout out: W I L underscore L U T Z is let's his uh, Instagram. But um so we saw this photo you posted. Kinda kinda talk about this, the Bills Mafia ordeal. Yeah, they've actually made a pretty big showing on Barstool Sports lately. <laughs> uh that's a that's an interesting fan base. They love their football, so I guess it's kinda all they have up there. So their their fan base is pretty wild. That was a, a cool atmosphere to play in. It's very uh it's very college like. So it's cool. But yeah that, that picture was that's pretty pretty iconic. So did you so, get? Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Were you looking at the guy running, or were you just looking at the sideline at the coach and waiting to, you know, do your operations call and all that I, stuff? What, what happened? I'm gonna uh, my uh, pre-law major is gonna come out here, and I'm gonna plead the fifth. <laughs> plead the fifth. Nice. You know what's funny though? Let's see. Do you remember? And I know you've been to different camps. You've had a lot of mentors. You know, different people have helped you in the business. But do you remember being with me in Mobile? You were helping coach uh, high school kickers with me and Chris. And I, I think I asked you, like, hey, man, you think you're going to make it to the league? Like, and you're like, oh, I think I'm going to, you know, pursue my law degree. Do you remember, like, do you remember that conversation at all? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy when you look back on, you know, little things like that. You don't really remember those conversations until something comes up. So it's, it's kind of surreal. You know, what's funny yeah. is, like, we were sitting there, and I remember – there were several of us just like, he's going to be in the NFL. Like, he's going to be in the NFL. And, and you, were, you were humbled about it. Um, but just the fact that you killed it your senior year, you had punting thrown at you, you know, you had to do all three skill sets, and then you killed your pro day, you know, and, and, and now you're you're in your second season with the Saints. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty wild journey. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So what, let me ask you this, so what has changed from your free agent training days to – now like what's what's typical nfl practice like for you oh uh, i wouldn't say much has changed because you're still competing to keep your job every day just like 
you know, free agency, you're, you're competing to earn a job. Now I'm just competing to keep it. You know, you're competing with everybody on the streets. Uh, so not much has changed in that aspect. Uh, it's, you know, every day is a work day, so it's, you know, it's a business approach, but, um, you know, normal day is pretty simple. We kick, I only kick with the team on Wednesdays and Thursdays as a unit, but, uh, you know, we're out there every day. Yeah. Mondays, Mondays are just lifting and meetings. Tuesday is NFL wide off day. We're all off. And then, um, Wednesday, Thursday is full practices. And so it's, you know, we go in, we have meetings at 9 a.m. Uh, we kind of hang around a little bit, play a little ping pong, play a little FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten pretty good. Uh, and then, yeah, practice is about 12 o'clock every day. Last two hours, we have a post-practice meeting, and then we head home. So it's a pretty standard day. It's the same, the, same schedule throughout the whole year. What's the rep count like? How would you compare the rep count now versus uh, the college days? Uh, the, you know, the difference is, is you learn how to control it. It's a long season. Uh, in college, you just want to kick, kick, kick. The uh, season's a little short, uh, shorter. So I think you just kind of learn to keep your reps as low as possible while getting the work you need. So, you know, I'd say I get loose about 20 minutes before field goal period. I'll probably hit 15 total in that in that time frame, and then we hit 7 to 8 as a team and shut it down. Hey, Lutz, we had um, – this is our third episode on the 4th Down Experience podcast, and we're, we're getting about, you know, 80 to 90 views per podcast. We're, we're, we're getting close to the Pat McAfee show, you know. <laughs> we're almost at hey, a million. Just um, keep working. you got to start somewhere. <laughs> and so um, last week we had uh, um, Tom Feely on here, um, and, and I think you may know who he is. Um, but he's, he had a quote, uh, and I was just curious about your thoughts on this quote. He said um, that kickoffs – earn you the job, but, but field goals keep you the job. Do you think there's some validity to that? I think, obviously, points are a premium in this league. So, if you can do your job in, you know, putting points on your board for – putting points on the board for your team, that's definitely the most important. But you got to realize with these um, these elite returners we have these days, you know, kickoffs have become more important to be able to put out of the end zone, even with this rule change. But I think, we, you know, we've had – We've had a couple big returns, unfortunately, up on us. You got, you know, the, the returners get better and better every year. So I think kickoffs have become more and more important over the couple of years. But yeah, I mean, field goals are definitely a premium. And it's just nice, nice. to be in the percentile you're at right now on kickoffs, hitting touchbacks. Um, I, I got a. There's a cool question that Chris has here uh, before he goes into another one, and I was just curious about this. Um, you know, getting to to meet other specialists, kickers, punters, snappers before the game, maybe post-game. Uh, talk about that. Maybe even talk about who you're most excited to get to see, etc. Yeah, no, uh, you, I mean, you create a pretty good bond with these guys that you play against. You know, we all have such high respect for each other. You know, you play divisional teams twice a year, every year. So, mm-hmm. regardless of the rivalry, you come close with those guys. And uh, it's kind of cool to be able to reach out, you know, receive a text, send a text, you know, it's, you kind of join. It's a little bit of a family feeling, but I mean, you definitely look forward most uh, to meeting those older guys who have been, you know, the top of the top of the top of the league for their whole career. You know, I was fortunate enough to play with Justin Tucker for a couple months, and then while I was in Baltimore, I got to meet Vinatieri. We played them in preseason, 
you know, I get to, we play Matt Bryant twice a year and, you know, he's been doing it at a, at a high level for so long. So mm-hmm. it's just cool to be able to talk with those guys. That's great. So any, any kicking idols you had growing up? You know, everybody has a kicking idol as they're going through their, their kicking career. Who did you look up to? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was definitely Vinatieri. Uh, I mean, he's that's my generation when it comes to, to watching the game and the fact that he's still doing it 22 years. 22 years is pretty insane. You know, it's it was uh, it's cool to to watch a guy ever since I started kicking and then be able to play against him. So yeah, it's funny to hear that. Cause, it's funny to hear that because like the 14 to 17 year olds right now. I, I did an Instagram post recently and just. Um, some people have never even heard of Vinatieri, these, a lot of these young teens. And I'm like, so it was kind of neat to hear you say who your particular idol was. I mean, I'm yeah. nine years older than you. Um, and that was my idol as well. And even Mark Lewis, he's five years older than me. He's 38, 39. And that was his idol too. But, Been around for so long. <laughs> you know, these, mine was Gary Anderson. That'll date me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I know we got a couple more minutes left, uh, here with you, Will. Um, but, uh, so far, you know, and I know it's, this is your second year, but you've done a lot of great things, man. You, I think you've made several consecutive field goals, had a couple game winners, uh, so far, like throughout your career at the NFL level, uh, what's been like your most exciting moment, moment or your iconic moment so far? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, um, my first game ever was pretty wild, just, you know, the the way it went down was crazy, but just to have that first experience is tough to beat. But I would say this past week against the Redskins, two weeks ago, just the highs and lows of that game kind of really, really showed me what the NFL is about, how every point matters. And, you know, you hit these, you hit four, I think we had four field goals that game, ranging from 53 to 28 or something like that. You know, you get that 53-yarder in the first quarter and you don't really think much of it, but you realize you miss one of those field goals, you lose that game, and this is a game that we were down 15 points with three minutes left, and we came back and won in overtime. So, I mean, that's just kind of – that was the first time I was uh, truly like, holy cow, this is is how the NFL works. You know, there is no – there is no dominant teams in this league, so it's – every point matters. Yeah. I think Chris has – one more question for you, Lutzi. Yeah, so this is kind of a kind of a two-ended question here. Um, we have a lot of listeners, obviously a lot of a lot of athletes, high school kids, college kids. Um, what are some things that you have to do in the off season that, or, or things that you did that helped you really prepare to get to that next level? And you know, just just some kind of words of wisdom for these kids to if they have that aspiration. What are some little tricks that helped you out along the way that you did and, and things like that? Well, I think from the from a college level or and even the high school level, something that I never did until college was get with guys like you, um, you know, getting with these with these camps and you know taking the opportunity to learn from other kickers as well as the coaches. Obviously, um, you know, that's something I didn't really get into until I want to say my sophomore year in college was the first time I really started working with anybody so I would say you know taking advantage of the high level of coaching that's out there these days is I mean that's that's pretty easy you know what's funny let's see is uh 
And for those listeners, I, I like to call Will Lutz uh, Lutzy. It's just a nickname I think he's had, or maybe I heard some of his buddies say back in the day. But Lutz, it's been, um, I just checked uh, recently, uh, we've known each other for a little over four years now. Yeah, I guess, I guess uh, I was, I'm pretty sure it was sophomore year, yeah? Yeah, it was, you were actually on your, I, and this is, this is what's so cool, is on your bye week in November, a college guy, young buck, you, you come and get work on your bye week. Do you remember that? Yeah. We went to uh, yeah. Tuscaloosa. I love, I love kicking, man. You know, it's one of those things that I wanted to do any chance I got, so. And so that, it was just cool, you know, and that was our first time meeting and getting to work together and and obviously you've been with um several uh legendary kicking coaches out there and uh, man we're just excited uh about your career and everything you've done and and we really appreciate you taking the time to to talk with us today and and letting the audience hear from you yeah absolutely i appreciate you guys it's kind of cool to have these conversations every now and then a little surreal (laughs) yeah i think uh you know, the nice thing that Brian and I, one thing Brian and I always talk about is, you know, we've been in the game for a long time and been training specialists for eight to nine years now is seeing the, the process in the journey that everybody talks about, see it come through. Like, you know, Brian said, he started working with you as a sophomore in college and, you know, we have kickers that we've worked in high school with for four years and then they make it to the big level in college and, and so on. And uh, it's just fun. For me, it was fun to get to know you, obviously, in the college years and I think a lot of the coaches that staff those types of camps could see you, you had the leg to make it, and uh, pretty sweet to, to see you actually make it there. And you know, so I've enjoyed getting to know you over the years as well. You know, and obviously the chance to see you kick when you came up to play the Vikings, uh, that was pretty cool too. So see you in person and do your thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that's the the best part of your guys' job, being able to see everybody succeed. Well, what's what's what do you love most about uh, who dat the nation Saints nation? Oh man, this city's amazing. Uh, when we're winning, uh, the support that we have here is unreal. Mm-hmm. It's it's Saints football or nothing. So you know, you go to these towns and you know, there's there's fan bases all over, but here it's it's only us, and there's no other fan base. So it's it's pretty special. That's awesome. So I got a question for you. I'm I'm a Drew Brees fan. I always have been. Um, except for when they beat the Vikings in the NFC Championship. In the so, of course. But, uh, of course. What, have you, what have you learned from Drew Brees, either from like a humanitarian aspect or a leadership aspect? Because he's very well respected, obviously, down there. He's an icon, and he, but he's well respected throughout the league. What, what are some things you've learned from him in your two years there? Yeah, he's someone you watch, and you, and you, you watch every chance you get. Uh, he's one of those guys who he's been doing, you know, I want to say it's year 16 for him. So he's been doing the exact same drills every single day for 16 years. You know, his attention to detail and how he goes about his day in such a business manner. Uh, he's just someone to watch, and you learn so much just from watching him. You know, I don't, I don't have to talk to him. You just, you just sit there and you kind of admire it. You know, you don't play for 16 years without being a, a great player and a great person as well. So he's definitely uh, – it's been pretty – it's, it's pretty awesome to share a locker room with a guy like him. I loved how um, after a game last year that you probably don't want me to talk about, but it was one of the longer, like a 61-yarder or something. Yeah, first game. I just loved how he, you know, publicly showed showed genuine support for you in your rookie year. That was awesome to see that. Yeah, no, I mean, you got a young kicker, and, 
he's got to show that he's got my back. And, you know, I obviously appreciate that more than he knows. Uh, he's just, he's a genuine person. He's an, he's an unreal leader. And, you know, there's a reason he's been playing as long as he has. Well, all right, Will, man, this has been an awesome conversation. We really appreciate you taking uh, 20, 30 minutes out of your day to, to talk with us. And um, we really wish the best of luck for you uh, the rest of the season and the rest of your career, man. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys uh, giving me a call. Yeah, and we'll be in touch too. Uh, maybe we hope to have you out at a few camps too to help you know teach the, some of the, teach these younger kids and and kind of show them what you've been doing and and kind of give back to that younger community. So looking forward to staying in touch as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks, Lutz. All right, guys. Later, bro. Yeah. Man, what a sweet interview. Uh, I'm so excited we were able to get a chance to talk to him and learn the ins and outs of the NFL and what his life is like now and. Kind of like what we just talked about towards the end of that interview, um, being a part of his life or just seeing his development over the last four to five years, at least for me and for you much longer than that, it's it's pretty special to see somebody transition their life from college into the next level. So that was really cool to talk about and just see. That's what it's all about, man. Um, I think he even said it in, in our interview is, as you know, that's the things that, that we look for is just helping guys to be successful. You know, if we were just a little part of his development and, and exposure and all that, I mean, that just brings so much satisfaction to us. And and uh, just what a, what a good dude, man. 23-year-old, just so mature, top-notch, you know. Top, professional. Yeah, professional dude. Uh, I, I, I was watching videos on YouTube of him and his interviews, and he just does such a fantastic job uh, speaking and, and, you know, being out there uh, kind of – like like you had mentioned, doing what Drew Brees is doing and Thomas Morstead and, and helping out with different charities and things like that. And uh, it's just really awesome to see. I'm proud of him. And and it was a really cool interview. I think um, all of us, not just um, not just the viewers, I think both you and I, Chris, we benefited a lot from that interview. Because, um, you know, we didn't play in the NFL. You know, we were close, right? You know, we you had yep. your free agent moments and I had my cup of coffee with the Bears, but we didn't play in the NFL. You know, he, he is, and uh, it was really cool to hear the inside information, and, and I'm just proud of him, and I hope he just keeps killing it, and, and I hope he, I hope he's in the league for a long time. Yep, yeah, I agree. And so for our listeners, um, after we post this, let us know what you think. Uh, if there's a few other uh, specialists out there you'd like us to try to interview, just let us know, comment or DM to us, and we will reach out to them and, and see if we can – uh, align an, an interview with them as well yeah so um we are going to head into our third and final segment as always this is industry advice this is where chris and i um, pick a topic that we can help either high school specialists or parents and or recruiting advice just different things and today um, we are actually going to talk about how twitter can help leverage um, your platform uh, to potentially get a scholarship Yes. This is probably the most debated topic as well as is social media and how to handle it. And, um, you know, when Brian and I started doing camps about six years ago, Twitter was, I believe, just forming. And then o- over that time period, we got to see it evolve and we, see, we got to see college rule changes on how coaches can utilize Twitter as a point of conversation, <laughs> communication. And so... Just over the years, we've just seen the do's and the don'ts and the things like that, and, and so we're just going to try to uh, 
talk about each sort of talking point as well. So, Brian, why don't you go ahead and start us off with that first point. Yeah, I think you guys should use Twitter as basically a quote-unquote recruiting player profile. That's how you should view your Twitter when you're in high school. And then when you get in college and wherever you're at, then you can, you know, you know, personalize it even more. But I really think you guys should you, – these, these are high school specialists, JUCO specialists trying to get to the next level. Utilize Twitter to help yourself get an opportunity at the next level. So one of the, one of the key points is let's just talk about the pictures, all right? And right now I'm looking at uh, Scott Goodman. So it's underscore um, Scott Goodman spelled out. This is a Mississippi guy, a senior, uh, a guy that has attended both Chris and I's camps. Um, he came to our top 20 camp last spring. <coughs> got a really a lot of really good film, and uh, he just got, he just he already has eight Mississippi JUCO offers. He has Central Arkansas, Arkansas, uh, Arkansas offer, which is FCS program, and he just picked up Oklahoma State preferred walk-on offer uh, to camp. And uh, this guy has an awesome platform here on Twitter. So you young guys can really utilize this. This as an example. His his profile pic is him in his uniform, kicking on the field. His cover photo is a bunch of his teammates, his field goal team. Um, and then and then you look at, so you, so you want to put up a good photo, all right? You want to put up a good cover photo. What's going to catch their eye? You know, if, if I'm a coach and your name is John Johnson and I type in John Johnson on the search button, there's going to be thousands of John Johnsons. So make sure you put a football pick up of you, you know? So that way I can find through your name and find, okay, there's, there's the kicker, all right? I'm looking for the kicker or the punter. You're swinging a leg, football. There you go. The bio is super important, all right? Don't just put uh, this little quote, and that's all you have in your bio. You need to have your grad class. You need to have the state that you're playing football in, that you reside in. You need to have your high school. You need to have, if you're maybe a combo kicker punter, you need to put your ACT and, and or SAT score in there, your GPA score in there. You need to have your link uh, to your huddle linked in your bio. Those are really important things in the bio, Chris. Yep. The other thing you should do, guys, and this should be something that you change up frequently, is pinning your tweet. <coughs> so with pinning a tweet, and I know, Brian, you explained it very well, but it's a way to highlight something within your, your uh, feed of tweets. So, Brian, why don't you just explain a little bit more about a few different ways you could take advantage of that. Right, and so most, most young people that are listening to this, they know how to operate Twitter. However, I've been surprised. There's a lot of um, like freshmen and sophomore that aren't on Twitter yet, <coughs> whether it be their um, parents haven't let them yet or they just haven't uh, been proactive or been told to. I would, if your parents are against it, um, maybe just let them know, like, I, hey, I just want to use this as a recruiting platform. You guys can have the username, password, whatever. That's how I would talk to your parents about it. Parents that are listening... Uh, just understand that this is like free access to college coaches. There are thousands of college coaches on Twitter. I mean, the way Chris and I interact and make our networking and our contact is through Twitter. We'll, we'll follow hundreds of college coaches on Twitter. We might get 20 followbacks, and then we message them. Say, hey, coach, uh, see you're at this program. Just, just want you to know we're in this area of the states running trainings and camps, and we'd love to be able to send our specialists uh, to your school one day, maybe check out these guys. That happens all the time. So what I would suggest you guys do is um, before you start pinning tweets, 
is go follow college coaches. You usually can go to, to Google, search the college football team. Their Twitter names are typically on, on their staff directory page. Follow them. You can go to Chris's Twitter, Special Teams FB, and mine, Team Jackson Kick. Go through the people that we follow. Find the college coaches. It usually is in their bio. Outside linebackers coach for Nebraska. You know, Southern Miss Special Teams coordinator. <coughs> follow those coaches and then tweet at them and then pin your tweets. Like Chris said, pin your tweets. So I tweet out a video says three 45-yarders in a row. All right, and it's a video of you, uh, a two-minute video of you kicking four, three 45-yard bombs. Then at the top right part of the tweet, there's a little drop-down arrow. Click on that, whether it's on your mobile device or your, your Mac or your computer, and then there's literally a button that says pin tweet. You hit pin tweet, and that will stay at the top of your timeline. So when you're tweeting throughout your day, the top of your timeline will be your pin tweet. So when you go follow 200 coaches, and let's see, let's say you get 20 followbacks. The first thing they're going to see is your pin tweet. Yep. All right. So let's talk about some of the do's and don'ts and the things that you uh, should put up, shouldn't put up. And so Brian and I are just going to go back and forth and just mention some things. So some things you should do. All right. If you have a good uh, game in high school. All right. Maybe you kick the game winner. Maybe you, had, you kicked four field goals. It's okay to brag a little bit because you got to put yourself out there a little bit, you know. So, so go ahead and mention that in your Twitter feed, you know. Our team played great. I kicked three game winning or three field goals. Uh, game one, total team effort. You know, things like that. Brian. Yeah. Um, one thing is, I think Chris may uh, may have alluded to it. <coughs> Sorry about the cough, guys. Um, don't be stale. So don't leave a video pinned up there, or don't put out video. And just leave it up there from two months ago. Like, change it up and really update your platform. <coughs> I really like the idea of, you know, patting yourself on the back. I mean, like Chris said, like, you did you did good things in the game. Promote yourself. Sell yourself to these coaches. And, and another thing that you can do, and I really noticed this with a lot of Mississippi guys, is they get with their teammates. Like, we're talking about position players. And they all get in a group together. Uh, I'm just imagining them in the group together. I've, they've told me what they do. And they'll retweet each other's tweets. Okay, so like if I have a four-star DB that's being recruited by SEC schools, okay, he'll, he'll tweet something out. I'll retweet it. I'm his kicker. The quarterback will retweet it. And then when we tweet our stuff out, they retweet it. Well, guess what? If you have a four-star that's being recruited by SEC schools and he retweets your kicking film, now your kicking film is potentially being seen by SEC coaches. And so I think that's a really cool tactic is to get with your teammates and help each other retweet your different tweets. Yeah, we call that the snowball effect as well. So the more traction it reaches and gains, uh, the better it can help you out. So if you guys mutually help each other out, <coughs> obviously no hard feelings. You know, guys are happy to help each other out. Yep. So other thing things you should put on your Twitter account, if you happen to have a lesson with your local kicking coach or you go to a camp and do well and you get some film of that, it's okay to put that stuff out there. Hey, I just went to camp ABC, um, balled out, or you purchased that film or things like that. You can post that. And then what I would do is tag your kicking coach. Mm -hmm. You know, A lot of times uh, the specialists we train, Brian trains, I train, They'll tag us in those things. We see it. We get the notification. We retweet it. 
it's better for you guys to do that sort of thing because we'll retweet it and the college coaches that follow us um, have a better chance of seeing it as well. Yeah, and another tactic that I've told my guys that I've worked with <coughs> is called quoting a tweet. So, like, if if um, Scott Goodman puts out a tweet from our camp or our training and he tweets out, great training with uh, Coach Jackson, Coach Hughesby today, all right, and it's a video of him kicking a 50-yard field goal or a kickoff that's 70 yards, whatever, all right, I'll quote the tweet where you hit the – you can hit the retweet button, but it says quote, and then I'll just make a comment. I'll be like, hey, nice job today, man, and that'll go up. And then I'll tell Scott, hey, retweet that quoted tweet I just did, okay? So then he'll retweet that, quoted tweet, which sounds confusing, I know, and then I'll go back and retweet his original tweet. So now you literally have like three to four tweets, <laughs> sounds weird. A Twitter post that are on the timeline, so it's not just one, it's three to four, and all you're trying to do is catch a coach's eye. Another thing that I've seen guys do that have done well is they'll just tag the coaches. Hey coach, blah, 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 and tag them, check out my film. Hey coach, blah, 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 tag them, check out my film. You got to be persistent, you got to be proactive. That's how you're going to get these guys' eyes on your film. Yep. Exactly, and that'll kind of lead us into a future topic we will talk about is the do's and don'ts of creating a highlight film. So we'll talk about that at a future podcast. So just make sure you're subscribing on iTunes to the 4th Down Experience, and you'll get first notification right away when those go live, but we will discuss those types of topics here uh, shortly. Yep. Uh, yeah, and guys, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, 4th Down Experience. It's easy. Interact with us. Guys, we're going to post some of this stuff tomorrow. Uh, we're going to post about the podcast, comment and, and ask questions and we will answer them on the next podcast. We want you to engage with us, ask us questions. This is, this is what this podcast is about is helping you all. Yep. So a few things guys, now we're just going to talk about, uh, <coughs> college coaches and how to interact with them. All right. I believe Twitter is one of the few platforms where coaches can interact with you 365 days out of the year. Is that right, Brian? Yeah. Yep. So you want to figure out a tactful way to talk to them. You know, you, like Brian said earlier, you want to follow them. Hopefully they follow you back. If you feel comfortable, tag them in a tweet. Say, hey, coach, uh, interested in your school. Here's my highlight film. Tag them. Hopefully they see it. And that hopefully snowballs. All right. So those are some good things to do. I'd encourage you guys to follow the Team Jackson Kick Twitter handle or Special Teams FB Twitter handle and and check out this, the coaches that we follow, and, and that'll give you the opportunity to hopefully find a few leads out there for you as well. Yep. Um, we haven't really talked about any don'ts yet. So, uh, Brian, what are a few things that you shouldn't do on social media or at least Twitter? Yeah, and we'll finish the pod on this, guys. Just don't put bad content out there, guys. <clears throat> if, if you're retweeting something that's immoral or something that your parents wouldn't approve of you doing, you know, don't do it. Uh, literally, you could retweet something that um, is just negative, like really, really negative or bad, or, or I could use other words, but you guys get it. If you retweet that, it's reflecting your character. Therefore, a college coach um, may say, hey, I, I know how, what this kid is, and he's retweeting this, so this is how this is what he likes, and that's not going to be a part of our program, so we're not going to recruit him. This has happened to so many people that have lost their scholarship opportunities, so don't retweet or put bad content out there, guys. Um, display good character on your social media platforms. Yep. Watch it who you follow. And then, obviously, don't don't like a tweet that 
maybe touch is a is a touchy subject or something like Brian said is is immoral or just something that your parents wouldn't be proud of. Just avoid liking it, even though it might be funny or whatever it is. You know, just just avoid that because it does show up in your feed. So, um, but just be careful about that sort of thing. You know, we want we want what's best for everybody out there, and you know, we just hope that you know all of this can benefit you in the long run as well. Yeah. Hey, and we got a camp coming up um, in less than two weeks, December 9th and tenth. We're gonna be in in uh, Petal, Mississippi. It's basically next to Hattiesburg. And we talk about that in person. We actually show people's profiles. And if that's not close to you, we're going to be in a lot of different areas in the off season. And we'd love to see you at our camp. So just stay in touch with us. Attend our camps. And we also got a college uh, pro free agent camp coming up as well. So just stay in touch with us. And, and don't hesitate to comment on our social platforms. Or reach out to us. We'll help you in any way we can. Yep. If any of these discussion points, guys, spurns other questions, like Brian said earlier, DM us. <laughs> tweet at us and we'll, t- we'll cover them in the next podcast. And in all of our camps that Brian and I do together, we often have a recruiting discussion. Yep. So we talk about much more top, many more topics than this. And, um, so just make sure if that's something you really want to learn about and learn from, uh, hit us up and we will let you know about the camps near you and, um, and how to get there and sign up and things like that. Guys, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. All right, uh, if you're on SoundCloud, find us there, Fourth Down Experience. It's super simple. It notifies you, gives you a notification when our stuff goes out. Follow us on social media, Fourth Down Experience, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Special Teams FB for Chris, Team Jackson Kick for me. We really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, uh, Lutzi, for joining us today. And uh, we cannot wait to, to, to keep this train moving, Chris. Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, we want to appreciate you for the, th- for the follows the listens our goal for this podcast guys we haven't quite hit the 100 listener mark in one week and we would love your help so when we post out the link for the podcast we tweet it out there share it with your friends because there is some valuable content on this thing and uh share it with your friends but we would love to break 100 listeners in one week so uh please help us out and we're excited uh for everything you guys have done for us so far thank you for listening to the fourth down experience Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.